0: hello and welcome back to new paradigm healing this series focuses on ayahuasca assisted therapy and our intention is to educate inform and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in a western context my name is jessica gooden and my name is nina and you're listening to episode five where we'll be discussing the importance of preparation which includes intentionality and choosing a place and a guide for the ceremony And we're going to be framing this around what ayahuasca assisted therapy is. In the last episode, we mentioned that Nina has a new book coming out. So we're going to be going more into depth about the topics that Nina discusses in her book. If you want to know more about ayahuasca assisted therapy, sign up for our mailing list to be the first to know about the new book launch, new episodes, and our upcoming trainings at avatarhealingarts.com. Help us spread our message by following us and sharing our episodes with your friends. Join our tribe at facebook.com slash group slash ayahuasca assistive therapy. So Nina, I really wanted to ask you about this topic because of your book. I consider you an expert in this topic because you've created a framework based on your own research and your own background, which is in psychology and through your work with your clients and with the mother ayahuasca I don't know if anyone else does this, and you can probably speak more about that. What is ayahuasca-assisted therapy?
1: That's such a good question. Thank you, Jessica. It's really a topic that is so dear to my heart, and I'm so passionate about this and excited about this book coming out and being able to share this message with more people who are interested to learn more about this topic and to expand their consciousness. I don't know if this phrase exists. I, I know that What is used is psychedelic-assisted therapy. It's more kind of in the mainstream now, which refers to like psychedelic substances used as catalysts in a therapeutic process. So I kind of take this expression and use it with the ayahuasca and created ayahuasca-assisted therapy, which is focusing on using this specific plant as a catalyst in a focused therapeutic process with a guide, is leading that process so the biggest difference is what is it and what it isn't is that is not just an ayahuasca ceremony so many people who hear about the ayahuasca are interested in the ayahuasca the first thing when you research it on the internet or when you start talking about it is the ceremony itself oh my god i went to the ceremony and what happened in the ceremony and that is where most of the focus goes in the west And most people look at this as an event that happens in their life. What I'm talking about is a healing journey is a healing process with clear intention uh, that takes about a year to complete for most people if they are open and willing (laughs) to do all the work, of course. And this journey has three parts, basically. First is the preparation when you prepare, like same way you go on holiday. Right. there is preparation you have to do and then the ceremony what i consider is an initiation is a rite of passage and we create a space for that or the individual who is doing this work and then the last part is the integration process which is basically about the embodiment of what you learned about yourself and the world through this journey and how you're gonna embody that and act upon that in your life in every moment so the key here is to understand that just because you intellectually understand something it doesn't necessarily means that you act upon that and you embody that in your everyday life and real fundamental change if you want to create this embodiment is necessary to create change otherwise it's just going to stay a concept or a memory you know the whole journey will be an Journey and not bringing all the fruits that it could have. What I would say is that ayahuasca assisted therapy is a journey that contains preparation, a rite of passage, or an initiation and an integration part, and it takes at least a year to go through that. And there is people who go for an ayahuasca ceremony and look at it as an event and there is people training to be a shaman and going for a training for that so there's many ways to engage with this tradition this plant but my focus especially is this framework is this journey where i believe the real healing and the real change happens and i look at the ceremony as a part a crucial part obviously is of this journey and the plant and the mother Ayahuasca as the catalyst and an ally for the individual who is undertaking this journey.
0: What an awesome explanation, Nina. So what I'm hearing you say is that and I know we've mentioned this in our previous episodes, that the ceremony is not our focus. What we're focusing on is not a shamanic training, and this is not preparing to serve the medicine. This is a framework, or I believe I've heard you he use the word MAP before to help the ayahuasca assisted therapist guide the initiate or the person going through this healing journey along what happens during the year-long process of integrating and embodying the experience would you say that that's correct
1: yeah, definitely. And the individual itself. So the it helps the individual navigate. I, I like to use this word map because of the metaphor. If you're again going on a holiday to a place where you never been before, you have a map or a GPS or a guide who knows the place, right? So it's the same concept that we are exploring an uncharted territory. So it's good to have a map and a guide, otherwise it's gonna be just more difficult, you know, to get around and you have to learn from your suffering, kind of. (laughs) She's also, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh,
0: for sure. I think I just want to mention that after my first few Iowa ceremonies, I didn't have the framework. I didn't have the understanding because I hadn't read your book yet, which I feel super lucky that I got to read it before it comes out. And it really, really helped helped me to understand what the heck I was going through because the first few times it was like you said I felt like I was going on uncharted territory I left the jungle this beautiful space being held by a community by my loving family and then I came back into the west and everyone was like what's wrong with you what's going on with you you seem unstable all of these things and then as I was reading through the different passages in your books as since this was probably I don't know maybe the sixth or seventh time that I've gone through this process it made so much sense there was so much clarity for me and I no longer felt lost in my suffering like oh my god I've fallen down into this hole and I can't get up I know okay this is the next part of the step turn right here there's gonna be a stop sign here oh and here's a here's a beautiful architectural detail here you know all of these different things that if I did not have a guide or even a map I would not have known. And I think I would have been lost in my suffering for quite a bit longer. And it gave me a sense of not just hope, but faith. This is a proven framework and other people have gone through this. And therefore, one, I'm not alone. And also two, it's not going to be here forever. I'm going to move on to the next stage, which is really amazing. So that brings me to my next question of why do we need ayahuasca assisted therapy in the West? And I want to include all around the globe, but you know, I went into it a, a little bit, but I'd love to hear your perspective on why it's so necessary and important.
1: Thank you so much for your perspective and sharing your feedback about your personal experience. And I just want to connect back to what you said, because that's exactly the reason and that the experience I went through when I stepped on this path and started with this journey that I went to Peru and I went into the environment where the medicine and the tradition is coming from. And then I kind of came back to the West and I could see the huge difference of the two places and the two way of thinking. And just, you know, I wasn't aware of that perspective to such a deep level before. And then in the West, I felt completely lost. I didn't feel that I can relate. I didn't feel that I have any help or support. People who understand what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with and who give me any kind of guidance or support. I didn't even know where to go or what to look or really eat. in that in intensity and obviously divine guidance and all angels in human forms come to my life to help me in the difficult moments. but. It was really at the beginning for me is like a trial and error kind of thing, you know. And Okay, now you listen to your intuition and follow that. It was a difficult journey. And the most difficult part, as you said, is I think feeling lost. And that puts you in a state of fear. So there is fear and anxiety because you don't understand what's happening to you. You don't know how to navigate. You don't know where to go for help or for support. And that is the blockage in the process that you are in that state and... I think it's extremely important that we create a framework around this to support people in this journey. And as you said, you know, it makes it so much easier if you just have a little bit of understanding of what's going on. It makes it easier. You can relax, you can more surrender, you can more flow with the energy, with the transformation and help yourself instead of resisting, you know, and going against is really happening. I think that one of the most important things to understand people who live in the West and they never traveled or spent more time in other cultures is that the way of thinking and the way we understand who we are and the way we look at the world is completely different than the people who live in the Amazonas jungle, for example, in, the, in Peru, in Brazil, and the way they experience the their life and their being and how they look at the world is completely different from the West. The main difference being is the West is very material. So it's interprets the world through the five senses and you are your physical body. And what is real is what you can perceive with your five senses. And that is kind of the basis of the understanding. While in a shamanic context, in shamanic, in a tribal native culture, like for example, in Peru with the Shipibos where I was trained, they have a completely different worldview. They look at the world and they understand that you are more than the physical expression, than your physical body, that there is more than you can perceive with the five senses and they are connected to those layers of reality. So they understand that everything is connected and animated by spirit, by energy, and that the physical body and the physical expression is only one aspect of our being and therefore the non-physical realities for them is something that is part of their world, is part of their understanding. They can communicate with these realities, with these spirits, the plants, the elements, the Mother Earth, and they have a very different sense of being and connectedness and who I am and what is this about than what we have in the West. So in that traditional context where they use the medicine, first of all, there is a tradition for that that was passed down for thousands of years. So that is kind of encoded in their culture and people are trained and this tradition is passed down from the healers and the shamans and the wisdom keepers so they have this tradition they, this understanding, this cultural element is part of their culture is part of their world. When they work with this medicine after the event itself the ceremony itself, they stay in their community, they stay in their in their culture in their context, they they stay where the shaman is where the plant master is where the grandmothers are where the family is and they can relate to this experience everybody can relate because they understand so and if they need any support or more guidance they are in the context where this is available for them so obviously when I was in Peru and learning from the ship they don't talk about integration process because from their perspective it's something natural that happens in the context where they are and where the medicine is coming from and this is something new what we do that we take the medicine out of the context and bring it into completely different contexts without full understanding and try to use it there. So I think this is what inspired me so much to to do this work and to look at this deeper and see how can we create a Western context, like using this wisdom, using this knowledge, using the tradition, using all that wisdom that was accumulated for thousands of years and listening to the elders and the wisdom keepers and the shamans and the guardians of this tradition and also acknowledging and incorporating and merging it with the West because that's where a lot of people is coming from when I work with this medicine and their understanding and the tools that are available in the West and create something that will serve us, you know, in the West to use this very, very powerful medicine. So that's kind of my point on it. I'm really curious, Jessica, because you also, you are from the United States and then you spent so much time in Peru and in that original context that how was your experience when you were in Peru and then how was your experience when you went back to the United States? Because I think that's also a very typical story that people have who decide to travel. <laughs>
0: Thank you for sharing all that. And thank you for asking. I want to include some of my reflections on what you said as I answer. So I mentioned it before, but when I went to Peru, it was exactly like what you were saying. They just have a different way of living that is very much connected with their environment. They're connected with their family. It's not unusual to have your sister come and stay with you with her five kids and her partner partner or her boyfriend or her husband for a month and just hang out, come and do ceremonies with her brother as a shaman and then just be with the family and all they're doing is doing the laundry in the river and taking care of the plants and brewing and praying over the medicine and also doing their sewing which is also part of their spiritual practice you know in the west it's so divided we have they call it the division of church and state or the separation of our material elements from our spiritual. spiritual elements. And in the Shipibo tradition, and I'm sure in some of these other, in all of the other native cultures, they don't divide the spiritual from the physical. They are merged. And when they are doing their crafts and doing their occupational things, it is also a spiritual practice. So these women sew their prayers into these beautiful tapestries, into clothing, the beautiful designs signs that they create based on what the plants share with them that's just one element and then they are connecting with their food they don't have a microwave they are cooking over a fire they might have propane tanks that they bring in from the town but they're cooking over a fire they're praying over their food they're being with their family, they're in nature, they don't have a car, they don't have a computer, they don't have any of these distractions that we have in the West. And they're also these distractions from another way, you could look at them as tools, but when you come back out of that experience of being so connected to nature and community, even that in and of itself without having the psychedelic ayahuasca healing experience. Even that can be jarring when you reintegrate and notice how disconnected people are from their environment. So then you add the psychedelic experience on top of that where you're creating these new neurological pathways, where you're opening up your experience, where you're opening up your senses, where you're connecting to the spiritual aspect of yourself, of something greater than you, to the love. Then it compounds already the element of having to reintegrate into society and i like what you had used as a holiday it's like I hear people say oh, I need a vacation from my vacation <laughs> it's like yeah you need an integration from your integration of your integration and it's funny because I think it's something that's very much neglected and we even have phrases of like oh just get over it or you're being too sensitive or all of those things which I heard of like what's wrong with you like almost making me feel shamed for my experience it's like something was wrong with me that they couldn't meet me where I was in my experience, which is like you said, it's super important to have this map, this guide, this framework so that you can focus on the task at hand. Right now, we are in the death process. Okay, I know we're in the death process. That means that all of these past belief systems are going to fall away, which means that I might have certain people in my life that are going to fall away. I might have certain habits, certain eating patterns that are going to fall away. And so that kind of allows you to relax because you have not only a map that you can rely on if you want to do this as a solo journey, but then you have another person as well that you can talk to about all the difficult experiences because people don't understand. They really don't. And I, where I live, it is very conservative. Most people have not even even heard of ayahuasca. People think psychedelics are like, oh, psychedelics. They're very afraid of them in and of themselves. And I know that I'm not alone in this. I live in a city and yet this is the norm in a city in the States. So very important, very crucial to have this ayahuasca framework. And I'd like to hear your reflections.
1: Thank you. No, thank you so much for sharing uh, to share your experience. It's always good to hear, you know, from all these different perspectives. And uh, I want to emphasize that we are not advocating here against Western society or pro-shamanic living or anything like that. Really, you know, the point is to merge it together. As you said, for example, the Shipibos like very much connected spiritually and and with the higher realms and aspects that is there is a huge disconnection from spirits in the west even people who might be religious they might not feel connected with you know the spiritual aspect so that's that's definitely a tendency but at the same time often in shamanic settings, you know, they have an imbalance of the expression of the material energy, and there is extreme poverty, you know, on that level. So I think that for me what is important is is to come towards balance and harmony. And and balance is about the golden middle, is about, you know, taking you know the wisdom and the teaching and everything and taking all the good things from the west and there are a lot of good things in the west and a lot of good things in shaman culture and and they just a little more extreme with different energies and my intention with this framework is really to merge this and to bring this together and it's not to create a division or to say that let's go back to how it was 3,000 years ago because that's the way to go. But no, let's look, you know, how the tradition, the the thousands of years old tradition, what it says, and then let's put that together with what we have and what we know and see what is the best way that it's gonna serve us now of where we are. So yeah, I just want to add that. Mm That was beautifully summarized and I'm really
0: glad that you added that because I think, at least for me, my whole intention right now is to live a modern sacred life and what does that look like? How do you blend these two aspects? And ayahuasca assisted therapy is really a beautiful tool for doing that. So thank you. Mm We're coming to the end of our time for today, and I think that's good because it'll give us a chance to integrate everything we just learned. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be continuing our discussion of preparation, including setting an intention, writing your prayer, and choosing a place and a guide for the ceremony. If you haven't already, sign up for our mailing list to stay up to date about our projects and trainings at avatarhealingnerds.com and modernsacredlights.com. And you can help us grow our tribe by sharing our episodes on your platforms and by joining our Facebook group called Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy. And remember, you are the healer and love is the medicine. Love to you all.
1: So oh, much love.